This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to episode 6 of the Blues Focus podcast airing weekly on Spotify, Apple Music and on YouTube. I'm Kieran, I'll be your host for this episode and with me I'm joined by Callum. Uh, start off straight away Callum with a review, your, your review of this season. Uh, started off quite positive and slowly inevitably went typical Blues downhill. What did you think? Yeah, like we spoke about before, it's frustrating with Blues. We always want to be up there. We always have glimpses, maybe like a month, possibly two months stretch of a few decent results and then just nosedive. As soon as like as soon as we came back after lockdown, I thought the point against the Albion was good and we went and did what we had to do. But then to lose, to, to, to concede three against Huddersfield and three against Hull and to lose the way we did. We played well away at Fulham, but to just lose it at the end, like you said, typical Blues. Yeah, I think, like you say, the first game back after the lockdown and the point against Baggies, I think we expected a, a tough game. And, you know, I think even the most optimistic of Blues fans would probably have said, you know, we'd be lucky to get a point there. But, you know, it, it looked quite positive. You thought, oh, well, you know, if we've come out of the lockdown in some sort of form, you know, we can pick up some points and then it just slowly but surely unraveled. And I think, like you say, three, game, three goals conceded at home in like our last five games or something like that. Something ridiculous. Yeah, well, was... oh, no, apart from Charlton, of course. But, you know, we've conceded a lot of goals since lockdown's come out and... I mean, I think, obviously, I know where a lot of Blues fans point the blame. But, I mean, the perfect thing, you know, if we're reviewing the season, one of the questions we had sent in to us to ask on this episode on Twitter yesterday was, um, what do you think the worst defeat of the season was for you? What was either the toughest one to take or just just the most embarrassing performance you can remember? 
Well, I just think because of how much we dipped after after lockdown, I thought obviously, well, I thought we were going to lose to Hull when they went 3-0 up and then obviously we did get a point from it. So I thought, mm, it's not too bad if you can come show the character to come back. But the week after to lose at home, the way we did to Huddersfield, I'd say that at that point, you knew. Like I didn't think as... Even when we were losing the games we lost, I still thought we'd stay up because the teams below us, your Charlton's, your Lutons, they were still dropping points. But that Huddersfield home defeat was pretty shocking because it was just the pinnacle of how poor we'd been. So, yeah, Huddersfield at home for me. Yeah. See, for me, it's a toss-up because I'm going to pick one from either side of the lockdown to kind of sum up what I think Blues were like and obviously the lockdown the one after lockdown or since lockdown I think yeah you, you can't look past the Huddersfield defeat or maybe the arguably the Swans no sorry I'll go out there before lockdown Swansea away we just capitulated and then since lockdown Swansea oh, to be 1-0 up after what two minutes three minutes and then just to absolutely fold the way we did and then yeah, I think summed up by their third goal with the unmarked on the edge of the box from a corner, scuffed the shot that still managed to go in. I think that just really summed that game up. And I think it summed our season up really because, again, I guess it's a game where we we show some sort of quality in the first few minutes with Duke's goal and the, the players give us some hope that we might actually be able to do something and then they just go, can't be asked with this. It just, yeah, it just really summed us up, I think. Really. Yeah, that's but, it, isn't it? Yeah. I, don't, I, I hope we don't see any more of their performances next season, but lose so I'll bet against it. But another question we had on Twitter as well. Who was the worst player this season for you that you thought would be good at the start of the season? I know there's a lot so take your time <laughs> <laughs> well it's quite difficult yeah like you said there's a lot but it's it's more a case of I think I'm going to say this player because he was for me the best player at the club previously I'll say Pedersen could be quite controversial but I think it's, he's just well it's got to be someone from that back line 100% because you, I think well he's for the Blues focus player of the season he's up there Bella he's probably been my player of the season along with Jude but yeah Pedersen possibly Harley Dean but based on the fact he's the captain Pedersen for me I just think he's he's just completely changed yeah I would go with the opposite side and I'd say Colin at right back for me purely because oh, the last few seasons I've sang his praises uh, I know sometimes he gets caught out of position he, sometimes he just wanders off I, I don't even think he knows where he's going after the time he's got the ball to be honest but he's always been a solid performer you know he's always been if we've had an off day he's always been one of the better ones and if we have a good game he's always he's, he's always been one of those solid 
at least a 7 out of 10, most games, performance-wise. But for me, this season, again, like most players, you know, like you say, Pedersen, started the season quite well. But especially since lockdown, again, he's been invisible. I don't think I've heard his name mentioned out there. And and that's attacking and attacking-wise and defensively. You know, the one thing you could always guarantee from our fullbacks is even if they can't, they do get caught out of position, you can always guarantee that when they go forward, they're involved. You know, or they're, they're, yeah. they're there or thereabouts helping out the winger or, you know, knocking the ball inside or make, trying to get round the back. But there's been nothing from, from Colin. And he actually usually is his one strength is he just finds himself in them positions sometimes. And I just haven't yeah. seen it from him. And it's been disappointing because... Completely different to what we used to see. Like you say, you know, you're, you're honourable mention to everyone's favourite defender at the minute, Harley Dean, who has done an incredible job of turning the entire fan base against him in the past twelve months. So it's just, again, I don't think he was ever that good, to be honest. But he really has gone right off the boil. I don't know whether he doesn't want to be there or... So, you got that. The only player, obviously, Clark Solbert wasn't ours to begin with, so it's understandable he went off the ball at the end because he's not going to be there next year. I don't think there was ever a possibility of a son impermanently, realistically. So, towards the end, did he really have the desire to, to fight for it as much as the players who will be there, or your, your Deans and Roberts? And then your other centre-back choices is Roberts. And again, I don't think we've seen enough of him to, to make a judgement either way. I think he was just made a scapegoat towards the end of the season after that. Once, you know, once he started to get in, I think he was just very, again, like the rest of them, hit and miss, I think. But obviously, a big strengthening job for whoever takes over in the over the next six weeks. Yeah, massive. But obviously, so yeah, that was that then. So you start. We'll touch on that then. Best best player for you this season, Bella. You say you think? Yeah, Bella for me. Every time he touched the ball, there was not so much spark, but I felt positivity every time he went forward. And a lot of the time he did create something. He was always whipping the ball in or he was always just trying. And I think no one even knew who he was when he signed. But obviously, he was, he was. we never signed him for any massive fee. But he lived up to being a Blues player. And I think he did play quite well. He was always doing what a typical left winger should do, really. So, yeah, Bella for me. Yeah, I agree. I think, yeah, Bella for me as well. Like you say, Bellingham, for obvious reasons, has to be in with a shout. But I think, not to say, Bella, we, we signed him from, was he on a free contract in the end, wasn't it? We, we tried to get him in the summer originally. And I think when we first signed him, there was a question mark about where he actually played because obviously some people had the opinion that he was going to be like a striker. Obviously, he's found home on the wing. But you just knew every time he... Every time he was left on the bench, I think every fan was wondering why. And I think that speaks volumes about what he actually brought to the team. Um, was it a case that he runs out of steam after an hour or so? Or 
teams see him when he comes off the bench against tired legs, he can do more. But I'd love to see him in the starting lineup week in, week out next season. I think he'd be one of the only players I'd be sad to see us sell at this point if it came to it because I think him, Gardner, Bellingham, I think they're the only three that can walk away from the last five, six weeks with their head held high, really. The rest of them have been have been shocking. But obviously, moving forward, it looks likely that Oitor Karanka will be the next manager. Obviously, the last few weeks, we've been linked with everybody under the sun from Nigel Clough to Steven Gerrard. So, you're happy yeah. with you? You're happy with Karanka if that's what we go with? Massively. I've... I've wanted him for a while, and I think this, this, this whatever it is style of football they're trying to make, they're trying to get us to play. I think with the Spanish element, he'll bring it. But obviously, it all just depends on what money he gets and who he recruits. But just on the basis of him as a manager, yeah, I'm, I'm very pleased. But again, it's blue, so it just all depends what we do with it. Yeah. It's fascinating. You mentioned style of play. And obviously, do you think that the appointment of Karanka almost moves us away from this whole dong ball theory of playing fancy football? Because obviously Karanka's more known for bringing a solid, you know, solid defence and structured, rigid formation, really. That doesn't really suit for fancy football so do you think it's an element of the owners finally accepting that that's not really realistic with the current squad yeah potentially I think when you look at Karanka's time at Middlesbrough where they were in my opinion that one season when you had the people like Stuani and that that team was everybody feared playing them and I just think if you can have the structure that Karanka had at Middlesbrough, if you can bring it to Blues and sign the players he'll want to sign or Dong wants us to sign or whatever, then I think it could be quite, it could be quite good. And he comes, obviously every manager has their own philosophy, but if, if it's like what he was with, if it's like how he was at Borough, then I think it would be good. And I think, just go with what Karanka says because I've wanted him for a while and he's been out of the championship for ages and it'll be good to see him back. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think, like you say, that Middlesbrough team that he put together, especially in the, the promotion campaign, was a, was a brilliant solid and I don't think, well, obviously with, with what's happened, I don't think Middlesbrough have really had as good a squad as that since that time. Obviously, you could argue about when they finally got in the Prem and made a few signings but in terms of the output and the results they picked up I, I think he, you know, he's, he's one of the better sides that we've seen in, in the past couple of years and obviously hopefully he can bring that sort of that sort of that pull when the players that obviously when he signed them they wanted to play for it you know you could see that in the performances and, and hopefully he can bring that to Blues and he can come in and, and really make a mark on this squad and say, look, I'm the manager. 
if you want to play for this club, you play for this club. If you don't, you know where the door is. I'm not going to stop any of you from leaving because this is going to be my squad and it will play how I say. And yeah, and the players need to buy into that now. And and, and rightly so with anyone else. If it, you know, God forbid, whether we bring in Karanka, Paul Cook, Lee Bowyer, they need to come in and these players need to buy into it now because gone are the days of last last season Clete with the fancy football at the start and then we switched to four four two, you know, and all these changes. They need an idea and they need a vision. This is how we play now. Mm. Is it gonna be four two three one as Karanka likes? In which case we can move on shortly to Lovro Meyer or however you pronounce it, potentially signing. But I want to see a squad and a manager that all know what direction we're going, what formation we're playing, what style of play we're going to go with. They need to understand it. So hopefully yeah, you can bring just, that. Yeah, with when you touch on Karanka getting his own players in and stuff, it's just all well, the, the few managers we've had in the past, there's at least a player in the blue squad that's from every different manager. And we haven't kept a manager, really. We just haven't at all. We haven't kept one. Oh, Gary Monk, but obviously we know how that ended. And I just think if we can get Karanka and he can just be a manager, obviously there's talk of him signing. Why is it a two-year deal? But obviously that's just what, that's just what managers usually do. But if he can be the manager and you, you know a team and you say that's their manager, you think of Blues and you know Karanka's the manager, it's not all clot it and it's not going to be someone else in about six months time you want the security of Karanka coming and building something I think that's what I like and hopefully that, that'll happen Yeah I mean he was known at Middlesbrough as a, a temperamental manager yeah, there's quite a few clashes with the board but I think what we need at this point is a manager who's going to tell the board speak their mind because let's be honest yeah. Clotet, he, was a, he was too nice of a bloke, wasn't it? He was just a yes man. Yeah, he was a yes man. Yeah. That's why they appointed him because they knew they could tell him whatever they wanted. They could tell him who they signed him. They could tell him the rumours. They tell him who to play and how to play. And you wouldn't put it past mm. Clotet to just sit in a groove it half the time because he's too nice. There's no, there's no fire there. Whereas you can see it with Karanka from his time at Middlesbrough. And sometimes he's just on the touchline, and you can just see the anger in his face. And they could be winning. You know, when he was at Forest or Middlesbrough, yeah, they could be winning. But you could see that how yeah. annoyed he was at something. And I think that can only do us good because you need a manager, like I say, you need a manager at this club now who's going to really hammer it home to the, the boys that do stay next season. Mm. There's, there's no ifs or buts or, or sloppy passing or if, you know these ridiculous performances we put in. This is how we're going to play. And if you're not up to the mark, you're not in the team. I just, oh, I really do yeah. hope that if we do appoint him, that's what he brings. I'm sure he will. I'm sure he will. But yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, we talked about Karanka needing to do a big building job. So it moves us on to finally the confirmed news that Jude has sadly left. Um, we won't discuss the retiring of the number, but. <laughs> You know, 25, yeah. million pounds by the sounds of it in the bank to spend this summer. What do you think we need? Is there any players you'd like to see us sign? 
Yeah, there's a few. I think the main positions we need, we need another keeper because we touched on it before recording Camp, Lee Camp. If if he goes, he goes, but there is better out there. And I think we need just a a total rebrand at number one. A keeper I've liked for a while is Portsmouth McGill. Is it McGillivray or McGillivray? He's a very good player. And I think he could be a good keeper. We've been, well, we're always rumoured with a lot of players, but he's been one we've been rumoured with in the past. I think we need a couple of centre-backs. Obviously, Clark Salter, he's not going to, be there next season. Harley Dean, he's just Harley Dean. And I think Mark Roberts could be the one who stays in there. But I think we need to bring in another couple of centre-backs and then a winger and a striker. I think we're okay central midfield. I think if obviously you've got Gary Gardner, I think if Sunich stays, that's all right. And obviously Keefton Bowd, but winger and striker Obviously, I think where we failed was not so much Magoma, but Marazzi letting him go too early. We lost a lot of, not a lot, but there was he when he was positive going forward and he had goals in him, and we could have picked up maybe four more points, maybe even more than that if he was still in the side. So a winger, probably a left winger, and another striker because before lockdown. I think a lot of us were saying Scott Hogan, sign him up, try and persuade Villa to let him come to us. But now, the money they'll want for him, I I wouldn't fancy signing him, to be honest. Not because he's been poor after lockdown, just because I think you don't need... Well, yeah, I suppose if you're mounting a a position higher in the table, you could want to spend 10, maybe more million on a... on a striker, but for that price, there's probably better out there, or for cheaper, there's probably still better out there. So, yeah, centre back, striker, keeper, and, and another winger. So there's quite a lot to do. But yeah, like you say, if we can get Karanka in, he'll know what he'll know what players to get. One interesting name that I'm going to throw out to you because I've seen that he was released a couple of days ago is John Terrell. Back out, a free agent at the minute. Obviously. The John Torale who was at Hull in the past few years is not the John Torale we've seen at, in his season at, at us. No. But I think, do you think with the right guidance and actual bit of love, so to speak, from the fans, do you think we could get the best out of him again? Is he someone you'd take a chance on? Yeah. Obviously, Hull are quite similar to us in the sense of they've never really had a cemented first eleven. They've got players from here and there, and they've never had the. They have, but recently they've not had the right management. So, you can possibly see why he's never been the player we knew. But obviously, the attack we had we had David Cottrell firing, we had Damari Gray, we had Donaldson. And then obviously Terrell, those four were the attack. And obviously you've got Duke, then whoever, whatever the striker we bring in, there's not really that sort of click at the moment. Maybe Bella, Crowley, but where's your striker? Because Duke could stay, but 
you do need another striker, probably another couple. So he could he could fit back into the side, yeah. But obviously, this young foreign lad we could be signing and Crowley, we touched on it. They're both cams and if you're going to sign him, you can't really put him out wide like we've done with Crowley. You need players in their positions. So if you're going to sign Terrell, you can't really sign this other lad. But obviously this other lad's a lot younger and sounds promising from what I've heard. So I would, but again, there's always better out there. So maybe not. Yeah, I think that young lad from Croatia, is it Maya, Maya, however you want to pronounce it, he's meant to be obviously you know, one of the next big things in, in Croatian football. Like we said, you know, him and Crowley are very similar. I think interesting, like we said, Karanka lots to set up in a four two three one now. Obviously again, we're um, we're just being hopeful more than anything at this stage that Karanka's taken over. It's not announced but it's it is looking likely. And he lots to set up with the three behind the striker. So could it be a case of Meyer and Crowley fitting in the same team, one drifting a bit further out wide. Because I suppose if you've got the three behind the striker, it's not the same as playing on the right-hand side of a flat four. You know, you've got that creative freedom, so to speak, to, to kind of drift in and out. I suppose that could work. But then, obviously, then flip side of that, you've got Bella, you've got, like we said, if we brought Terrell in, we want another winger anyway. Do we leave ourselves with too many options and, and potentially leave a couple of players unhappy if we're not getting as much game time as might want? I think you can never have too many options. I think a selection headache is always good. And I think that's something Blues haven't had because, OK, injuries do play a part, but since lockdown and no disrespect to the youngsters but especially away at Albion there was okay it was the first game back since the restart but a lot of our bench is just consisted of Bella with six youngsters and we we spoke again before about Bella we think he should be starting and when you see him on the subs bench, it's like, why is he there? Because Clotet used to just throw Crowley in there sometimes. He'd put Bella in there and he'd just mix it up. But Which isn't a bad thing, but you want that consistency. And I think if we can get players in who can sit on the bench and still come into the squad and know they're going to make an impact, that can't be a bad thing. Yeah. Uh, I'm a bit... Look, I like that we bring the, you know, especially with Jude, obviously, what we said, you can't contain these, the quality. You can't keep players like Jude out of the side. But I think with the youngsters, Jaden, you know, is it Reed and and Gordon, you've seen him a couple of times. He started against Stoke, didn't he, I believe? And Reese Burt made an appearance, Boyd Munts. But are they really ready and, and good enough at this time to to be stepping up to the championship. They've not really had any experience out on loan. They're not really... Jude was an exception. You could throw him in 
because you knew he had that something special. He was that, they call it generational talent, wasn't he, really? You knew that the second you see him on that pitch, he just fit in. I don't see that from the other lads, really. I don't see them just gelling and, and looking like they, they belong out on the pitch. It's almost like they, you look at them sometimes and they don't even look like they believe they're good enough to be in that team just yet. They, you know, they look a bit weary. Gordon was good against Stoke, but again, is is it really good? He to could throw be it? one. Is he? Well, I don't think it's really great a great idea to blood these youngsters in a game when we're so low on confidence because yeah. that can't help them. Gordon's first game was us losing to a relegation rival. You know, and and we weren't playing great beforehand. I don't think it can really help them. I think they've got to go think, and get some experience on loan. Personally. Yeah, definitely. And I think when, obviously, when Gary Monk was in charge, obviously, the whole reason he left was apparently because he was using the same agent for signings and he wasn't giving the youngsters a chance. Obviously, they gave it to Clutter. He gave the youngsters a chance. It's paid off massively with Jude. So you can't really argue with what Clotet's done, but I think he's done it too much. Like all the the names you just listed, possibly Nico Gordon is the only one who could stay around the first team. But the others, they need loans or they need to just wait a bit. I think Clotet's tried too hard to bring them in when I think the one thing I've backed Monk on and he, he's doing it as chef, chef where you just keep a solid squad and it's not all experience, it's not all youth, but it's players you know and you're not just throwing players in there that aren't really going to do much. Obviously, Jude is an exception and like Damari Gray was, like Redmond was, like Butland was when we put him in goal, but they're not all going to be like that. And I think Clotet tried too hard and I think something, well, I think a lot of those youngsters could have played their few and only games for the first team until they go out on loan or go. Because if Karanka comes in, yeah, he might give the youngsters a chance, but that whole squad, except from Gary Gardner, Bella, Colin, a couple of others, are aren't really going to be there or they're not going to be within a shout because I'd like to think it's going to be not a complete overhaul but Karanka's going to just make it his own It's going to it's going to it's going to um, flush out the weeds isn't it you think he's going to he's going to kind of tear him tear him out of the squad if you're not good enough like I say and he's, he's not going to be sure he's going to be He's going to have made these sort of, you know, there's these rumours he, he wanted these assurances from the board. And I'm pretty sure one of the things he would have said to this board is, look, if I'm coming there, I'm going to put my own stamp on it. So, so-and-so player is not good enough. I'm going to get rid of him. I want you to find him a club. You know, but Harley Dean, is he going to be... Karanka Log's a solid defence. He doesn't care about playing it out from the back. He doesn't care for what he wants as a player. Is the ball in the air? Great. Put your head on it. Is the shot coming in? Great. Throw yourself at it. If the ball's on the floor, get rid of it. Don't matter where it goes. 
if we're under pressure, don't try and look for a pass. Just boot it out. Get rid of it. Don't put us under that pressure. That's how he wants to. That's how he likes, and that's how he wants to defend. And I don't see Harley Dean adapting to that because he's he's he likes to try and play out from the back. Dean does, and he you know. Well, the two players in the blue squad. It just came into my mind when you were talking about it. Then the left back he had at Middlesbrough, George Friend, and Daniel Ayala, the centre back. Ayala is the centre back you were talking about. He puts his head onto it. He'll boot it away. He'll put his body in front of the ball. D just tries too hard on the ball, and then George Friend is he, he loved to get forward, and he was obviously a good free kick taker and corner taker and stuff. But which is obviously similar to what Pedersen does, but. Pedersen's not got a lot defensively. He's got more going forward, whereas George Friend was a solid left-back. So those two, as opposed to the two we've got already, you can see those changing. And obviously, um, Karanka getting the defence right before anything else because that's what needs to be sorted. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And obviously, fingers crossed for an announcement in the next day or two. I think it's long overdue now. Uh, but yeah, we'll end it with a couple more quick-fire questions, so to speak. So we're going to say, we've obviously touched on worst defeat of the season. What do you think the best performance was of the season? And, and this one shouldn't take so long because there's only one or two decent ones. Well, you say it first, and I'll see if you. I'll see if I. Um, I'll see if I agree with you because I think we're going to say the same one. I was going to say. I mean, I'm torn for two, and I think for the the way we went about it, I have to say Middlesbrough at home. Although I, I think Reading away was also a very good re- result. I was going to say Reading away, yeah. Jeremy Bella's free kick, which obviously brings us on to what you think your best goal was this season. It wasn't a fantastic finish and it could be a weird shout for goal of the season. It's not based on the finish, but it's based on how he came into the squad and how he lit it up and how it just, he kind of brought Like I said, there's always glimpses of Blues playing well and things going right for us. But Jude kind of brought, obviously, you see it with Grealish at Villa, that hometown player. Jude brought the sort of, not brought the love back with the Blues fans. There'll always be the love there. But he was the one that kind of got it going every week. And you always look to him as the sort of outstanding player. So his goal... I'd say at home to Stoke, yeah, it wasn't a brilliant goal, but I just think the way he celebrated afterwards, and I, and I think that was obviously an alright performance. I think that for me, because I think a lot of our season depended on Jude, and when you talk about Birmingham City this season, he's probably the only thing you think about. Jude Bellingham is probably the only thing you'll think about after after this season. So yeah, yeah that one a- for me. But obviously, Bella's. Bella's free kick was outstanding against Reading. Bella's free kick and I think the other shout the Sunjic right at Derby which is an absolute rifle but obviously we didn't see much from him obviously in a goal scoring sense being the ball winning midfield so I think that's what made that one for me it's just 
did not think that he had that in his locker until he'd done it. So. <laughs> yeah. But I like yeah. Jude's goal away at Charlton. I also like Djukovic's mm. goal at Bristol City as well. Mm. But I think obviously, yeah, obviously, like you say, for the moment, what it, you see the celebrations, obviously, in front of the uh, in front of the home fans of, that his winner turned out did it, that turned out to be the winner against Stoke. I think it was, wasn't it? Um, Jude's goal. It was, yeah. Yeah. At the moment, just everything that it brought to the stadium was just. I don't think we'll see anything with that sort of pure emotion from a player again for a while. Yeah. Obviously, you had Odin Bailey's goal, but a similar reaction. I think that was more for the, the timing of it more than anything else. It just the place they're up to, yeah. didn't it? Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. Well, that almost wraps up the last podcast of this season. Um, one thing I want from you, the last one, so, Karanka potentially coming in. Is your quick prediction with the right transfers early? Where do you think we'll be next year? Where do you think realistically you can hope to be? <sighs> Most Blues fans would just be happy with being out of a relegation battle with the last few games of the season. I think with Blues. You see, if he gets the right players in and there's a fashion in the way we play and if there's a way we go forward and a way we track back and if there's everything in place, could be top 12, probably nothing more than that. I'd say, I'd like to think, yeah, not battling out on the, on the final day. If anything, I'd say 13th to 16th. But again, it's Blues, so you literally never know. But I'm positive if if Karanka can come in. I think with Blues, it's a case of being picked up and dropped down. But when there's when there's good times, there's good times. And I think if he comes in and gets the players in and does what he needs to do and tells the board, we could have a fairly respectable season next season, fingers crossed. I agree. I think hopefully in and around mid-table, it's, just, it's not as positive as some fans would think, but in and around mid-table would make me happy just to just to not have to worry about other teams on the final day would be nice. <laughs> but that just about wraps that up. And anyway, well, thank you for joining me for this episode as well. Um, don't forget to, no to interact with us on the socials at Blues Focus Pod. Send us your questions. We can touch on those in the next podcast. Um yeah, and until next time, thank you very much. Sports Social Podcast Network. Baltimore's very own hometown hero, Stavros Halkias, is bringing the Fat Rascal Tour to the Lyric Baltimore on October 12th at 7 p.m. and 9.30 p.m. Limited tickets are available. Don't miss Baltimore's own Stavros Halkias performing live at the Lyric Baltimore on October 12th. Grab tickets now at Ticketmaster.com. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around, you've got your McNugget share box ready to go, your mates are already booked for double dipping, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! No, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver-assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.